0: When you start to have these experiences doing these deep styles of integrated breath work, it blows you wide open into what's possible. And you very quickly start to understand, holy moly, like what I thought was possible, or what I thought was real, perhaps isn't the full picture.
1: Hey folks, it's Ryan here. How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Levitate with Ryan Nell. This is the show where we talk to people who are changing the world for good. In today's episode, I'm talking to the breath guy, Richie Bostock. Take a breath, make yourself a coffee, find a comfy chair, shut the door, mute the dog, because this is an episode that you won't want to miss a word of. We start out with the story of Richie. His childhood, his early career, his brush with depression, his introduction to breathwork through Wim Hof the ice man and his subsequent travels around the world exploring the various modalities and teachers of this discipline. Richie gives an example of his breathwork technique which I've used in the few days since I recorded this episode and It has been amazingly powerful in changing my mood. We explore the science, and the science is really, really exciting to me, and Richie's very knowledgeable about it, and that comes across in the way he talks. And we get into interesting realms, mystical experiences, psychedelics, the overlap with meditation, and there are a few more surprises at the end. Now, before we hear from Richie, if you like what you hear... Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. We want to meet more world changing people just like you. And to do that, we need your help. So leave us a rating, leave us a review, post your favorite part of the episode in an Instagram story, or simply share with a friend who you think might enjoy it as much as you did. So without further ado, let's hear from the one and only Richie Bostock, the breath guy. Richie, welcome to the show. I've been massively excited to watch Richie's career blossoming and just going from strength to strength, and uh, I'm really, really excited actually to be speaking with him, with you right now for the very first time.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's such a a pleasure to be here. Wow, blossoming career. This is nice. I I already like this. I like this intro. I can't wait to (laughs) talk more
1: about this. Buttering you up before the hard questions yeah, or something. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. I'm scared. What's going to come next?
1: What I think would be really, really kind of powerful is just to hear a little bit about the story of Richie. So I know you grew up in Oz. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and uh, where life took you before you started this breathwork journey.
0: Yeah, I grew up in Oz. I was, I'm actually born in the UK. So I was born um, just outside of London, mm. but grew up in Australia, in Brisbane, Um, and, uh, yeah, it didn't necessarily have career aspirations of teaching people how to breathe Mm. for a living. That wasn't, uh, wasn't on the card straight away. I mean, I originally was, uh, studying, well, finished studying accounting and finance and was going to go straight into my big boy job at the tender age of 19 Mm. into a massive consulting firm. And, had to grow up really, really quickly. Kind of sacrifice my university years and 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 go straight into the suit and tie world. And um, which was, <sighs> you know, it's really funny. I think a lot of people when they meet me today are kind of surprised that that was actually a thing at one point. But you know, I I was in a suit and tie for six years. You know, and yeah, I you know, I I really did like the work that I did, but. I'm. I think you know. You share a similar story where, you know, even if the people who are around you are great and some of the work that you do, you can see positive impact and 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 the things that you do are, are making a difference. If it's not in true alignment with who you are and mm. and what it is that you feel like you're supposed to be doing, you're going to find out in one way or another. And for me, it just meant that probably towards the final couple of years of my time working uh, in a big consulting firm. I started to slowly slip into a depression mm-hmm. and started to... My, my experience of it wasn't necessarily, you know, f- deep feelings of sadness or, or grief or despair or anything like that. My feelings were more just like I was just numbed out to mm-hmm. everything. I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't feeling bad. I was just not feeling. I couldn't get excited about things. Nothing really made me that happy. Nothing... Really, maybe that's sad, you know. I, I wouldn't, I couldn't cry or anything like, you know. I was just completely out of touch with my emotion and even my intuition. Mm. And I believe that happens when, when you are, you do your very best, even unconsciously, to smash down your, your the voice inside of your head that tells you, hey, you need to be listening to me right here. Something's going on. Um, and uh, so I was very lucky that my parents. Uh, Very open-minded and very supportive, Mm -hmm. and um, I'm blessed to have them. And, you know, I I eventually confided in them after a couple of years saying, you know what, guys, like, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Something is not right in my life. And in their infinite wisdom, they were like, well, maybe you need to take some time off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? Are you saying that I won't be able to solve my life problems while working 80 to 90 hour weeks in a consulting <laughs> firm? And they were like, yeah, maybe you need to take some time off. And uh, so I ended up actually taking a three-month sabbatical off work and traveling to Peru mm-hmm. uh, and volunteering in orphanages in Peru. Um, and you know, just that experience of being in a place that was completely different to my normal environment, in a place where um, nobody knew who I was and there wasn't any pressure on of an image of who I was supposed to be or, um, you know, how I was supposed to act. Just it turned out that as I kind of allowed myself to unfold and, to, and let go of any ideas of who I am, that all of a sudden I kind of started to become a, a completely different person. Yeah. Even... Even after about a a month or so, my laugh changed. I noticed that I was laughing differently and I was like, this is weird. What's happening?
1: And I'm guessing, you know, obviously Peru, there's trekking, there are shamans, there's ayahuasca, there there are all sorts of different scenes that one could get involved in over there. Were you in an experimental kind of stage?
0: Um, I wasn't until I got there. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't until I got there because... um, yeah, I didn't really know much about that uh, world mm-hmm. until I arrived. The reason why I went to Peru truly was because my friend um just got back when I was trying to decide where I was going to go in the world. And he did the exact thing that I was about to do. He took six months off. He went and, and volunteered in Peru for six months. Um, And so we had dinner and he told me about his experiences And I just went, that sounds exactly like what I'm trying to do or what I want to do. So I I went with the same organization and he hooked me up and it was great. Now he did mention ayahuasca because he did try it, but it didn't necessarily register too much for me. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, that sounds interesting. Mm. But uh, yeah, you know, when you start, when you get there and you're amongst a bunch of young people and travelers from all over the world, and it was, and you know, I was in Cusco too, which is like the old Incan capital. So, you know lots and which lots and lots of people go there for some spiritual experiencing yeah. and development and journeying so i learned more about it there and i started to um do my research and found out that hey this seems like something interesting so yeah i did do a couple of ceremonies with shamans and um obviously you know trekking and doing um, the inca trail and visiting machu picchu and all these deeply spiritual um places that just hold such an incredible energy Mm. um, that for many people, you know, if you go, just by going there, you activate something within you. So, yeah, the whole thing was transformative. And, you know, I I would say even without having done things like ayahuasca, I would still have had uh, the same uh, kind of understandings and insights. Mm. But I would definitely agree that the ayahuasca kind of put a full stop on it, you know, just kind of emphasized the things that needed to change. And it's a beautiful, beautiful medicine if it's done with the right intention at the right time in your life.
1: Yeah. So what a huge transition from where you were. I mean, yeah. Were you into raving and kind of other scenes back in uh, Australia or?
0: Not really. You know, I was always more of a, a guitar head, so less electronic music and more like Playing in bands and going to bars and like local kind of club scene, that kind of thing. And, um, but, uh, but then, yeah, then I went to, um, well, after Peru, when I realized that basically everything that was happening in my life was kind of out of line with where I, where it was needed to go, I, I quit my job and I sold everything except for a, um, a suitcase full of clothes and, and went to Hong Kong and, um, which is, Basically, it was just a way to be able to start afresh. I knew I mm. wanted to get out of Australia and just go somewhere else in the world and experience something new. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Hong Kong, for somebody who's never lived anywhere else in the world, is quite a place to go to. I'm not sure if you've ever been before.
1: Yeah, a, a few times I, uh, I studied Chinese at university. So ah, um, no that way. was my, my kind of part of the world for a while. Yeah.
0: Ah, oh, brilliant it's such a cool place and what is, is so amazing about it much like london as well is that it's such a melting pot of people from all over different parts of the world yeah and so you get very quickly you get exposed to all sorts of different people and cultures and value systems and ways of doing things and you know you come from little old brisbane australia you know australia is isolated enough and brisbane's even you know you know, it's one of the, it's the third biggest city, but it's kind of got that country town kind of feel to it.
1: Um,
0: uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was amazing for expanding my, 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 uh, awareness and understanding of how the world works. Mm. And I, um, I didn't, I went there not really knowing what I was going to do, actually. (laughs) I really had no plan. And, uh, uh, in my old work, I used to do a lot of work with uh, startups like tech startups um, and I decided it would be really cool to learn how to code mm-hmm. so I ended up going to one of those like three month coding boot camps and learned how to build apps and and that actually ended up becoming my my source of income for the next you know three and a half four years was um, an app that I built and it was that that actually kind of allowed me to have the flexibility to go into the next phase of my life, mm-hmm. which I really didn't know was going to be a phase, but it was what allowed me to explore breath work and to travel around the world, um, working from my laptop. And the, the concept is a digital nomad, I think. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and learn from all sorts of different breath work masters and yeah, you know, just anyone who was doing something interesting with the breath mm-hmm. and, um, which was, yeah, a blessing.
1: And you um you had your introduction to obviously not breathing. We've all been doing that since birth, but um the, the breath through uh, through I think you went on a Wim Hof yes. methods retreat.
0: Yeah. So so the how I came across Wim Hof method is because, you know, years back my dad was diagnosed with MS, mm-hmm. multiple sclerosis, which is an autoimmune disease. Um and for most people Uh, who suffer from MS, it's something that gets progressively worse and worse and worse over the years and um, eventually will usually lead to complications where uh, they die. Mm. And so I was always on the lookout for ways to be able to help dad, whether it's um, lifestyle changes, dietary changes, alternative therapies, these kinds of things. Um, And that's how I came across Wim was through a podcast where he was explaining his method. Um, which involves cold exposure. It involves breathing techniques. And he was saying how it's great for everyone to do just as a general maintenance of their health and well-being. But specifically, it seems to be really good for people who have autoimmune issues or inflammatory mm. disorders. So that was what caught my, my ear. And I went, huh, okay, maybe there's something to this. So I, yeah, I ended up traveling to Poland uh, to spend a week in this tiny little Polish village um and in the middle of winter, and just learning the technique and then doing all the crazy stuff that Wim yeah. uh, is famous for doing, so we're swimming in the ice lakes, we're hiking in the snow, barefoot in your shorts for you know couple, hour and a half, minus three degrees out, you know we're climbing the tallest mountain in Poland in your shorts, uh, minus nineteen degrees at the top. so pretty pretty chilly stuff, but um what really caught my attention was the breath. Mm-hmm. And we would we would go into the bottom of this um, hotel, into like the basement of this hotel, and we would be led through these like forty five minute breathing sessions, uh, using the with the Wim Hof method style. And just some of the experiences that I I had would just blew my mind. Like I just you know I didn't know how I could be experiencing these things just by breathing. Yeah. Like you know I, I wasn't necessarily you know, into drugs or anything that much beforehand. Uh, The only only thing I'd done before that was ayahuasca. (laughs) Go figure. Um, (laughs) And But I was like having all these feelings. And I'm like, how is this possible that I can feel this good and have these kinds of revelations just by breathing? And that was, I believe, was the catalyst for all of this.
1: Wow. And then you you traveled around. um, I'm actually, I'm doing the Wim Hof methods uh you know know he's got an app and uh yes just i start every day with uh me and my partner with um you know like cold shower and uh and the kind of the breath holds so like you know sort of increasing the apnea after some pretty intense kind of belly breathing huffing and puffing yeah but uh you know obviously that's not the only um style out there and there's this whole you you know the tradition in yoga pranayama you've got Mm. martial arts um what what were you kind of looking for and exploring as as you traveled around
0: yes well you know when i got back from poland and i shared the method with dad and dad started to to use it and you know Mm. just to put a cap on that like fast forward years in the uh, well up until now and you know he does his breathing every day his cold showers every day Changed his diet as well, which is very important for autoimmune yeah. issues. And the progression of his MS completely stopped in his tracks. Wow. So from the moment that he really started to put it all together. So it really is, you know, powerful work. But, you know, personally, the breath work just blew me away. And I started to, when I got back home, I started Googling, like, do other people do stuff with breathing? Is it just whim? Like, what mm. else is there? And as it turns out, like you said, there are so many different... um Schools, ideas, methodologies, mm. cultures that use different breathing techniques, all sorts. So I um I just started to research and 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 just see what appealed to me. But, you know, the way I define breath work is really any time that you become aware of your breathing and then start to change it to create some sort of physical, mental, or emotional benefit for yourself. And that means that. Whether it's on the simplest scale, mm-hmm. learning a technique that you can do for two to three minutes in the middle of your day if you're feeling stressed out to help you to relax, or maybe a technique to help you to fall asleep or to create energy, you know, things you can do throughout the day to um something that's kind of in the middle of the scale where you have things like pranayama, um, Wim Hof method, where it's like a dedicated breath practice of sitting down for mm-hmm. five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes. Um Or on the sliding end of the scale, the very end, where you can lie down and do certain breathing techniques for an hour, two hours, three hours, and have really incredible healing experiences, transcendental experiences. Um, And yeah, anything kind of goes in that end. So it's really quite broad. And Mm -hmm. me being me, and quite often when I get into something, I... uh, I really just throw everything I have into it. So as soon as I started seeing concepts or terms like transformational breathing, um, rebirthing, holotropic breath work, I was mm-hmm. like, this sounds cool. You know, what is this about? And that was my my real first um Dive in was through what we call the integrative styles of breath work. So it really is the deep end of the scale where you're using the breath in very profound ways to make big shifts in your physical, mental, and emotional states. Um, You know, um, I'm a martial artist. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've been practicing martial arts since I was six. So, you know, I've always been aware of how breathing through things like Tai Chi, um, the various martial arts that I've done. even Qigong, for example, so more like the Chinese medical styles of breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, you you start to learn about other things too, like like those integrative styles. You know, the Sufis have a breathwork style. Um, the um, Essenes even you know had a breathwork style. The uh, shamanistic styles of breathwork, and then everything in between. You know, so many different ways to breathe. Um, but I was I was deeply interested in in the In the spiritual aspect, Mm. and then also trying to connect the science and the spiritual aspects together. Because when you start to have these experiences doing these deep styles of integrated breath work, it blows you wide open into what's possible. And you very quickly start to understand holy moly, like what I thought was possible, what I thought was real, perhaps isn't the full picture. And it's it's kind of similar to if people do psychedelics for the first time, whether it's mushrooms or, um, DMT, you know, the people who have these experiences The probably the most common reaction people have is, huh, like maybe the way I saw things before isn't a hundred percent the, uh, the full picture. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was my biggest interest.
1: So you had all these incredible experiences. Um, some, some of them, I guess, you know, techniques like holotropic breath work, um, that you, you need a bunch of training before you get it are like other are are there sort of prerequisites or can anyone do it um what would you recommend for that like absolute kind of beginners um you know really coming to breathwork
0: well i mean if in terms of training to let's say become a facilitator for example yeah you know like breathwork is a is a for me in the way that i treat it when i work with people it's sacred mm. you know it's a it's a very powerful powerful modality and Really needs to be approached in the same way that maybe a shaman would work with plant medicines, and that, and you know, it can't be taken for granted, it has to be very, very carefully handled. Um, and but in terms of wanting to experience breath work, mm. you know, you can. Go from never having experienced anything into a holotropic breathwork session, no problem. You know that that's what the facilitators are trained to do: is to take anyone at any point right. and take them into the journey that they need to have. Um, but you know, if you're if you're wanting to go into that kind of style of breathwork, then yeah, holotropic breathwork is one style. Rebirthing is another one of the original styles in the West. Those two were kind of the first two to come out of the West, um, and then you have things like. Um, transformational breath, which is fantastic, clarity breath work, um, biodynamic breath work, which is specifically around working with trauma. And that's a really fascinating one because it's it's kind of 50% breath work, 50% mm-hmm. movement. And it works a lot with the somatic experiencing of letting go of trauma as well as using the breath. So that's a really great one as well. I mean, there are so many, this is the thing. Mm. Uh <laughs> But Wim Hof method as well is a very, very accessible way to be able to dip your toe into the potentials of breath work.
1: Yeah, and do you belong to a particular school, or have you effectively developed your own style?
0: Yes. Well, so I have. I've officially was trained in Wim Hof method, and then did training in transformational breath, uh, rebirthing, and biodynamic breath work. Wow. But. I would say what I teach now is like I'm not an official trainer of any of those anymore. Um, it's, it's, and now I kind of just do my own thing. Um, and it starts to bring in a lot of other concepts as well mm-hmm. from other styles of breath and not even breath anymore from different modalities. And yeah, so I kind of create my own thing now uh, based off my understanding of the science and what I've experienced and what helps other people. And I feel like that's kind of how you know, evolution works, right? You learn what exists and then you kind of make it your own and, and try and improve. And, uh, it's beautiful. And honestly, there are so many styles on schools popping up all over the place now because breathwork has really kind of exploded over the last year mm. in particular. So there's a lot of teachers out there now and, You know, we need all the teachers we can get, you know, it's it's
1: brilliant to see. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm thinking that some of our listeners may never have done a breathwork session or really known what that term really encompasses. Mm. Would you give us an example? What would be a great one for someone just uh, breathing along with us now?
0: I think what we can do is something quite quick Mm. so that you can really feel how much um the breath can affect you like how quickly it can affect you um so what we're going to do is something i call energizer bunny okay which is kind of fun and the reason why i call it energizer bunny is because one it's an energizing style of breath Uh, so it's something that you can use either in the morning to kind of wake you up or if you know quite often i i remember you know we especially when you're working in offices, you kind of get to that like three thirty, four o'clock point where right. you're kind of starting to get a bit drowsy. Maybe the the, the lunchtime like uh coma of the food digesting wow. starting to come in and you just you always reach for that next cup of coffee. Well, this is a this is a great technique you can use at that time as well. But really anytime you need to create some energy. So and I call it, it energizer bunny because it involves faster breathing through the nose. And quite often when people first start to do this breath, they kind of wiggle their nose around like a, like a little <laughs> bunny rabbit and it's quite funny. So um, it works something like this and it's super duper simple and you only need to do it for maybe anywhere between 30 seconds to a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take three short sharp inhales through the nose, progressively filling up your lungs. And then you exhale out through the mouth. So you don't exhale in between the inhales. You progressively fill up your inhales with each breath in. And then on the exhale, just relax. Let the air fall out of you. It's almost like a a sigh out through the mouth. So it'll sound something like this. So you see it's quite a fast pace. Um, so if we can want to try it together. Let's do it. Um, yeah. We can do it. So quick safety announcement. If you're driving, if you are standing, can you um, sit if you're driving? Uh, maybe save this for another time or pull over to the side of the road. Definitely don't do this while you're operating any kind of machinery. <laughs> um, definitely don't do this uh, in water, just in a place where you feel nice and safe. You can sit down and just relax. So you can even do it in your workspace, but people might just think you're weird. Um, So we're going to do it together. So I'll demonstrate one more time. So three sniffs through the nose, sigh out through the mouth. So that's simple. So let's do it all together now. So I invite you all to exhale out. And here we go. So in, 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 out. In, 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 out. In 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 out. Nose, nose, nose mouth. Nose, nose, nose mouth. Nose, nose, nose mouth. In 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 out. In 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 out. In 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 out. Nose, nose, nose mouth. Nose, 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 mouth. And now keep going. You have the pace. And you might be feeling a bit buzzy, a bit spacey, or a little bit lightheaded. If that's what you're feeling, it means you are doing it right. It means you're making changes inside of you and you're doing it on purpose. So just a couple more. All right. Finishing the next breath you're on now. And take a deep breath in, fill up the lungs all the way up, hold the breath in at the top, lungs are full, just hold it in for a moment, just hold that breath in. And through the mouth, we're gonna sigh it out exhale. Ah. And just take a moment to see what you feel in the body. Do you feel buzzy, heat, cold, maybe still a bit lightheaded or a bit spacey? What is it that you feel? Wow okay, so i've got a
1: <laughs> i've got tingling in my like my foreheads i my yeah. my my shoulders are like buzzing uh feel a bit of yeah like heat in my chest um honestly, I feel like I've just taken a huge um i don't know bite out of a sugary cake or something
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's and that was forty seconds, you know, so yeah. You can, you can very quickly start to make some changes in what's happening inside of you using your breath, and that's the beauty of it. It's the only thing that we have that we can consciously control that affects the things that happen unconsciously inside of us. So, what a great tool we have to be able to make changes on purpose.
1: It's a it's an incredible reset, uh, and you know, and I imagine also something that. You could deploy tactically. You know, for instance, before I started this podcast, you know, if I was feeling yeah. a little like nervous about it, or uh, you know, before sending that, you know, that that email that you might later regret. Uh,
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, again, like here's the thing: I think when a lot of people think about doing a breathing technique, they always will liken it to states of trying to relax or falling mm-hmm. asleep, and Yes, the breath is really good at doing things like that, like managing anxiety or trying to downregulate your nervous system. But it's also really good for other things as well. And so it's kind of trying to paint that landscape of what is possible using your breath. Um, that is a really you know exciting place. And what's cool is as science continues um, to, and scientists and researchers become more interested in, in this work, um, mm. they're starting to be able to measure what's happening in the body. So what we're now doing is we're bringing what ancient traditions and cultures have known forever into the modern 21st century and validating it through science. And us and our typical analytical Western minds are like, well, if science says it works, then here we go. It definitely is a thing, you know, um, <laughs> which, which is great in some ways, but can be limiting in others
1: indeed there's a there's a lot of i guess uh, skepticism or cynicism to get over in the west that i feel you know perhaps uh people are a little more open-minded if if it's already in their tradition etc um exactly you, will, will you talk to us a little bit about the science i'm I, you know i'm really really fascinated i've been reading um the uh, the oxygen advantage um yeah, Patrick Bekewens- Patrick. book. um uh, so, you know, he gets into you know, a little bit about serotonin, you got a default mode network, you've got parasympathetic nervous system being activated. Would you talk to us a little bit about kind of, you know, the different things that are going on? All, yeah, all of those things,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, so kind of touching on what I said before. So the breath can act as a conscious gateway into the unconscious systems that occur mm-hmm. in, our, in our body. So whether it's your nervous system, whether it's your the way that your brain is firing, whether it's your endocrine system, which is your hormones, or your cardiovascular system, your um, lymphatic system, your digestive system, all these systems will be affected by the way that you breathe. And you just need to start to understand what your breath does, and then you have mm-hmm. a really cool tool. So it really depends, you know, like you can help people, for example, who have... You know, if we talk about what happened for my dad, immune issues. So yeah. you know, by using something like the um Wim Hof method, you are able to actively affect the immune response and actually down regulate um inflammatory cytokines that are uh, promoted through an an overactive immune system. So using the Wim Hof method it's been that's what's been so useful for my dad. Um, you know, typically the way that people will think about using their breath the most is that managing of the nervous system. So yeah. how can I take control and take the power back over my state by using my breath and you know whether we feel stressed or or activated or excited or whether we feel relaxed and and maybe even lethargic sometimes. Um, it depends how or where we're operating from in terms of uh, our autonomic nervous system. Now, the autonomic nervous system is split up into two branches. One is called the parasympathetic nervous system, which is what you just talked about or mentioned. And that is responsible for the what is often termed as the rest and digest response. Mm-hmm. So when we're relaxing and and. Um, not feeling stress or not needing to worry about too much. When we're probably somewhere in operating more out of our parasympathetic nervous system. They always operate together, but you kind of have a, a bias towards one or the other. Right. And then you have the other branch, which is the sympathetic nervous system, which is typically termed uh, by your stress response. So your, um, your fight or flight response. And uh, so if we are... Facing a threat, or we're feeling worried or anxious or panicked, then it means we're operating more out of this part of our nervous system. And what is so cool about the body, but can also be a problem, is it is a habit forming machine. Mm. You know, it's like it gets once you repeat something over and over again, it gets really good at a physiological level at remembering how to do something. So if you have a very stressful job or you're at school or university and that can be super stressful as well or you're in a um an environment that isn't conducive to your emotional well-being perhaps mm-hmm. you know either through emotional trauma or abuse and these kinds of things then your nervous system gets very good at operating out of its fight or flight response its sympathetic branch of its nervous system. And if it's in there day in and day out, you it starts to become quite rigid and stuck. Mm-hmm. So that even if you took away the um, stimulus outside of you that might cause you to feel stressed, you may still feel that base level of stress anyway, just because your nervous system can't shift back into its rest and digest response or its parasympathetic nervous system. Um, like Maybe you've experienced this before where you have a holiday off work and you go to the beach and you have a you know, a margarita in your hand and you're like, woohoo, this is great. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I still feel a bit fidgety. And for some reason, I'm still thinking about work and I can't kind of let go and relax. And it takes a few days before you actually feel like I'm on holiday. Yeah, right. You know, that's your nervous system having to recalibrate and it's actually taking a bunch of time for it too, even though you're in paradise. Um, But what is so great about the uh, the breath is that we can use it to be able to shift between these branches of the nervous system. So, if you feel like you need to um, relax, you can use a breath in a certain way to help you to relax. If you feel like you need to create energy or get yourself up, then you can use a breath in a certain way. And what's interesting too is like I work a lot with athletes, and uh-huh. particularly because I have a martial arts background, I've worked with a lot of martial artists, and People's responses to nerves can be very interesting. Some people will you know, have a panic attack, in which case a, very, um, a slower down-regulating style of breath is what you want to use for them before they go out and to perform to get them in the zone. But for others, their way of dealing with stress is to completely mm. numb out and get tired and they feel lethargic and they feel slow and they don't feel like they can get up for the event, in which case we'll use other styles of breath to help them to break through that. So, it's really I always I call it like the the Swiss Army knife for the body, you know, and all the different ways that you can use it and for it to help you.
1: Yeah! Wow! 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 I mean, we're obviously we're understanding more and more about the the brain, the nervous system. Wim Hof's already demonstrated that some systems that we thought were you know really inaccessible um, can actually we can exert some level of control over them by working with our bodies in ways that we don't normally do. Um, you know, are, are you, are you doing any research of your own? Are there are there areas that you're kind of getting excited about or would be excited to look into?
0: I um I've been very fortunate to be able to, yeah, purchase some equipment that allows me to measure some very basic things around mm-hmm. like some basic EEG readings, um, but I have also worked with a med tech company who measures um, something called cardiovagal tone, which is essentially a measure of the activity in something called the vagus nerve, which is yeah. the longest nerve in your in your autonomic nervous system. And you know, if you have a higher vagal tone, they call it, or higher activity through this vagus nerve, then it means that you are more in your relaxation response. You are more in that parasympathetic branch of your nervous system. And what is fascinating is I've been giving... So I have kind of pu- pulled everything together that I've learned over the years to create my own sort of... what I call them breathwork journeys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I had these guys and they came in and they measured one of my journeys. And what was fascinating to see was how the nervous system responds in real time. And what we were able to see at some points was that the vagal tone remember this was just a level of basically how relaxed you are, um, went up by nearly 600% within 15 minutes, which absolutely blew the doctor away. He was looking at it. He's just like, I don't, that's incredible, you know? And, and so, you know, that we are learning more and more. And what I'm hoping to do very soon is work with some of the universities here in, in London um, to get some MRIs done of, yeah. while doing breath work because, I have some theories um, based off my understanding and my own research of what happens when you do certain things, like uh, the deeper styles of integrative breathwork, the holotropic breathings, etc., and as to why it can lead to these healing moments, to these experiences of the divine or these experience these transcendental moments. I have my theories as to why, uh, but it's not until we uh, <laughs> stress on an MRI can I say this is definitely the case. Um, but it only makes sense in my mind. Yeah. So hopefully that will come out. That's the missing piece that hasn't been fully explained so far for the integrative breath work is what's happening in the brain.
1: Yeah. It seems almost certainly, although, yeah, to your point, let's see There, something's going on with the default mode network. Mm. It's definitely an area that I work with through teaching meditation, but clearly there are other things going on as well. There's the serotonin receptors. You've got brain waves themselves, which are shifting and changing
0: my my expectation, well, sorry, let me be scientific. My hypothesis is um, <laughs> yeah, my hypothesis is 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 something that is called transient hypofrontality, um, which basically means a down regulation of activity in the prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. um, so much so that it allows for new levels of experiencing of yourself, and then also then we can get into debates of. Consciousness and that kind of thing, um, but you know you see the same thing uh, with people who take psychedelics and so things like DMT and psilocybin you see this this down regulation of activity in the in the PFC mm. um, and also in meditators as well and so what seems to be consistent in the experiences of all these people is this idea of losing the self of potential cathartic releases of emotion as well, um, but then also of a dissolving into Oneness and wholeness or um, perceiving things differently, whether that's through sound right. or through sight with color and geometry and images and you know, but yeah, people have all these experiences with all these different modalities. so I, and so I believe it's it's this phenomenon of, um, yeah, this this downriggling of the analytical parts of our brain that almost dictate what we are allowed and not allowed to experience and then opening it's almost like opening up the filter for our level of awareness
1: yeah right the parts that are telling us that we're separate isolated cut off they are they're getting a lot quieter and giving space for us to feel deeply connected Uh, i mean have you had some of these i imagine you have these like mystical experiences yourself while yeah working with breathwork
0: yeah it's kind of part of the deal yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that's what's really fun about it you know is you know, people can go from being the least Zen and spiritual person in the world to, you know, meeting God within an hour, you know, and not to say that that always happens, but it's certainly a possibility and it has happened with my clients. Yeah. I mean, when you start to perceive a little bit more and then really go into the ancient texts of what cultures have said all of this is, you know, and, mm-hmm. and rather than taking the more materialist stance of, you know, our brains uh, produce consciousness and it produces the awareness that we have or, you know, and then you start to take the, the perception of our brain as a filter for consciousness to experience itself. Right. Then it just simply means that if you start to lessen the filter, then you get to experience more. And if that happens with breath work, almost certainly because you are using the body to change what is happening in the brain, um, you know, it's like a formula, basically, then, then you are guaranteed to have some sort of experience. And I've never met anybody who hasn't had an experience, who hasn't stuck with breathwork. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do one or two sessions and you have something happen, but you're like, mm, I'm not sure really what's going on. But if you stay with it for just a little while, you'll always open up something for yourself. Yeah, And that's why it's so exciting for me is the accessibility um its ability for people to experience either so much more of themselves or so much more of what's out there with very limited other experience required
1: <laughs> indeed not years of meditation not access to shamans
0: don't need to be a yogi you don't need to be a vegan you know you can you can be any joe blow off the street and it's you know <laughs> and, and those are, and that's and that's my that's the fun part you know when you work with people who Perhaps are a little bit oblivious, and we're talking like um, CEOs uh-huh. and real Type A, high performance personality types and stuff, and and uh, and and just you know show them something different, and then they can decide what they what they want to do. But um, but it's great.
1: Indeed, yeah. I imagine you have your own your own practice. Do you still get to kind of you know really dive into it now that you're teaching so much?
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, you have to. You have to maintain your own practice yeah. and but but it has shifted over the years when I first started the first eighteen months. it was like every day, nearly one hour of breath work, just go hard or go home basically it was very intense. I just became very obsessed with journeying and seeing exploring right. and seeing what was possible and and unfolding as in myself as well and then I started to become a little bit more subtle about it. And, and over the years, I've tried different things. And um, re- these days, my daily practice is probably more like 20% breath work, 80% meditation. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm very, very excited at uh, the potentials for meditation as well um, combined with breath work. Yeah. Um, the two together. Work amazingly well, and most of my journeys these days that I teach will have a breathwork element and then a guided meditation element as well, because when you do the breathwork, like I said, it creates that state in the brain that means that you are in the zone. As soon as you start a meditation, you are already deep. You are in that trance. You are there, and then you can you get much more um bang for your buck when you're in when you're in that state. So um so yeah, a lot of meditation these days. Um, and that was deeply inspired. Originally, I, I used to do TM mm-hmm. quite a mm-hmm. bit, Transcendental Meditation. And then I um, came across a man named uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And uh, his work is fantastic. Um, I love Joe. And um, he his meditations were really, really profound for me when I first started doing his work. Um, and uh, And now I kind of do my own thing. But that was a that was a big eye opener to me in terms of the possibilities for meditation, uh in terms of being able to shift your states and awareness quickly.
1: Yes, indeed. Cause I mean there there are so many styles, obviously. And some of them, you know, involve you being Wrapped over the knuckles, you know, of a Zen, mm. Zen master with a stick, uh, you know, for for
0: staring in a corner for six exactly. hours. Exactly, put, <laughs> up, put up your hand every
1: time you have a thought, kind of thing. So yeah, um, you know, yeah. Uh, and then there are there are these much more accessible styles, obviously. But I really do think that breath work is doing an, an amazing job, actually, of um, you know showing people what what might be possible as well through a meditation practice, because um, mm. it's it's rare to get the immediate hit from meditation you know a lot of people's experiences oh wow that's really hard <laughs> you know you've got to yeah. kind of get past that
0: yeah and and you know people quite often people I work with they they become quite uh, you know big breath work advocates and then they'll say great like this is so much better than meditation I never need to meditate again and I say no 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 <laughs> <laughs> They're different. They, uh, they, they, in some ways, they serve similar purposes. But actually, there is such a, oh yeah, such a, a great um, benefit to the process of learning meditation, even without the the actual end goal in mind. Just the actual process and the repetition is is so so important. So it's definitely not a substitute, but the, the two together complement mm. each other really well. So it's about finding the balance that works for you, and that balance will change over the course of your life.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that's so true, and I'm so excited to see uh, how you and others are really kind of nonetheless growing the size of the breathwork you know world, like the amount of people that are being exposed to it now. It feels like things are accelerating a little obviously you you've done crowds at glastonbury and uh, and wilderness and sweat life and you've got an app now i mean what's like what's that journey been like for you hmm um
0: yeah a little bit crazy uh yeah. but um you know I've, I've i've been asked quite often actually because it has like i'm very fortunate that the work that i do has grown very quickly and I have a lot of people have asked me perhaps you know friends or other people who are also in the in this world and trying to and trying to serve in the same way going kind of like oh how how did you do it or what can i do to do the same and the the tricky thing is that i i didn't really do anything mm-hmm. except to show up if that makes sense like I uh, so all the fest- for example, you mentioned a couple of festivals uh-huh. um I didn't reach out to festivals. they reached out to me. I have a book coming out in September. I didn't reach out to publishers or get an agent. Publishers reached out to me um the app um I guess I made the app happen. <laughs> <laughs> Take um, some credit. But you please. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess i made that one happen. Oh. Um, but but a lot of things that happen, all the fortuitous things that happen, they kind of just happened. And, you know, I've 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 never had in like a business manager or an agent or PR or any of these kinds of things. Um it just kind of spread mm. word of mouth. And I think People whenever people ask me those kinds of questions, I always just say, I think when you are doing the work that resonates with you and is in line with who you are, people feel that and doesn't even become about the work anymore. People just feel your energy Mm -hmm. and they go, this guy or this girl is like, that's their truth. They're authentic. That's them. That's what they're about. And it almost doesn't become anything about the product or the service or whatever it is that you're doing it simply becomes they just they love that energy and that's what and that's what is attractive and then we also understand that everything is energy everything is vibration right so if you are operating from your heart doing the work that makes you feel good and doing your best to be of service then that's the energy that you are out there and that's what's going to come back to you. Um, you know, you can start to make it sound a little bit woo woo law of attraction and the secret and that kind of thing for sure. Mm. Um, no doubt it can sound a bit crazy, but I kind of experienced it, you know, and, and people do it all the time. Um, you know, this idea of being able to manifest and that sort of thing, you know, for me, it's a very real part of my life and it, but it just requires, I believe, uh, for you to be from acting from your heart. People feel that, people want to be around that and and you will be so much happier for it, you know. <laughs> so like so so that's usually what I just I tell people.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, but I'm wondering like what your inner experience of that has been because that there, like there's got to be some I guess anxiety, fear, overwhelm, uh, you know, stepping in front of a, a large crowd for the first time and that kind of thing. I, yeah. Has it been comfortable?
0: Um, at first, yeah. It's like anything. When you have new experiences, there's always that element of the unknown. And for most people, the unknown is quite scary. Mm. It's like the like the, the first time I went on TV, that was like terrifying, you know? And, um, you know, thank God I was able to manage it with, learning knowing how to breathe and stuff um Indeed. but and it went brilliantly but but um you know I think I was following Jamie Oliver so I was like oh jeez like <laughs> this is the big 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 shoes to to, to fill um on this show wow. but um but um but uh, yeah I th- what my experience has been is that whenever I do something for the first time there is an element of nerves mm-hmm. So each time I do a crowd that gets a little bit bigger, there's an element of nerves. Um, the biggest crowd we've I've done so far is um, British Summertime in Hyde Park, two and a half thousand people. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit like, holy moly, this is something incredible. But I have a real level of trust in what it is that I'm doing and that I am supported and that I'm looked after and that everyone who's working with me is supported and looked after. And I think after you have so much experience, you know what the work does. Mm. And it's more about holding your own integrity and standing in your own truth and being as being authentically you. And if you do that, you give everybody else who was with you the, the permission to do the same and then nothing can go wrong. So, um,
1: yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. What what a lovely answer. And And of course you've got your Swiss army knife with you.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, at the end of the day, everyone's just breathing, right? No one's died from breathing yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not that we know um look yeah. tell me um I, we we're probably getting close to the end the end of our time but uh and i i hope that we get you back on the show to kind of dive in a little deeper on some of these topics but yeah what are you most excited about at the moment mm. where are your energies going uh obviously the The app is out and you know that's I see that's frequently updated and uh, and a book is on the way yeah tell us what next
0: yeah, the app is out and that's been that's my baby you know I've been wanting a space for people to be able to have the experiences through breathwork and but then also to create a community of people like-minded people who can share in their mm. experiences, get support, get information, get answers and 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 feel like they're supported in this journey. And so, what's really cool about the app is it's not really like a Headspace or a Calm or anything. It's sure you, we deliver breathwork journeys, um, but it's more of a community app than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a a Facebook group where you can listen to breathwork. You know, so it's uh, and I do like live streaming there, and we do Zoom catch ups and to, like so we can interact and do Q and A's and that kind of thing. So that's it. You know, I, I want, I want people to interact with people and to share in, in, in their experiences. Um, and yeah, the, the book, oh, by the way, so that app's called Flourish, by the way. Mm. Um, it's, uh, so if you can find it on the Google app stores, if you search for Flourish or for
1: Richie Bostock, either one. Definitely. There'll be a link beneath in their show notes as well. And, um,
0: yeah, the book is coming out too, which has been, oh my gosh, you know, As somebody who is not so good at sitting in front of a computer and typing for a long period of time, I don't know how it eventually happened, but it did. Got it done (laughs) and I'm very, very proud of it and very, very excited for it to come out. And the purpose that it serves is I wanted to create something that was or is the breath workbook that I wish I had when I first started. Um, it's not necessarily going to dive like as deep into the science and the physiology as say like something like oxygen advantage um, but it's the thing that gives you all the information that you need mm-hmm. for you to start your journey and decide oh i want to go deeper with this i want to go deeper with that um, so because that's usually the thing that i get asked about the most when it comes to books is what's like the best book to get started with and for me it's it's a tricky question to answer because a lot of them are quite Deep, mm-hmm. um, so that well, that's the that's what I wanted to to do, and it's called Exhale. It's available now for pre order on Amazon, uh, but it comes out September tenth, um, and I'm just yeah, I'm super excited for that to be out there. It's kind of the way I see it. It's kind of like my, it's almost like my ode to breathwork You know, like it's my it's my contribution to to breath work as a thank you for everything it's done for me, um, and. In terms of other things, well it's a funny old situation we find ourselves in now so mm. I, I love the group work, you know, I love being in person and breathing with people in groups and unfortunately right now it's a bit of a challenge. Who for some reason people don't want to get in large groups and breathe heavily in really close confinement. can't imagine I why. why. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um but I'm thinking that hopefully as you know restrictions get loosened that maybe retreats will be available as an, as an option soon. So hopefully retreats maybe in September, October, November. Um but the biggest thing I'm most excited about right now is I'm taking all of June off. Uh. And I am disappearing into nature as a and just doing some really good inner work. I uh I it's been a little while since I've completely disconnected and I, it's uh, it's it's time. So I my excitement is some of my giving back to myself a little bit, yeah, and um, and doing some really interesting
1: exploration. So yeah, oh man, that sounds, in, that see sounds how sounds incredible. Go. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll do a version two when I get back and and see uh, what happens and what a, I found. You're a
1: changed man. Do do you uh, <laughs> <laughs> finally, do, um, Richie? Do you have any? Do you have any kind of uh, like what does what does a morning look like for you? Like how do you do you have a are you a, a creature of routine? Are you out of bed at a certain time and meditating and doing the breath work? People might be really interested just to know what a day in your life looks like. Sure.
0: I used to be very, very into a routine um, before lockdown. Mm. And then when lockdown occurred, I let it all go because I just wanted to, um, and in terms of like waking up at a certain time and that kind of thing, I just wanted to kind of flow with it all for a little while. But, um, in the last few weeks I've kind of brought myself back into the routine. Hmm. Um, and it's not always the same. It definitely does change, but I do, I am an early bird. I think a lot of people in Australia naturally are early birds compared to the UK. So, you know, I used to wake up between five and six every morning. Um, just, it was, I mean, I go to bed at like 10 anyway, 10, 1030, you know, I'm. it's not like it's anything that crazy, but, um but I'd like that time of day. Mm-hmm. I really like that time of day. Um, and then there will usually be some sort of breath work or meditation practice. And that can last anywhere from um, 20 minutes to an hour and a half. It depends. Wow. It truly yeah. depends on how I feel and what feels right. Like I, I don't, I'm, I used to be very militant in terms of this, my hour of meditation or breath work session mm-hmm. that I do every morning. But now it's like, how do I feel? And what do I feel needs to be done right now? And sometimes it'll be, I just need something to set the day off with the right intention. Or sometimes it's, mm, I feel like going deep. Um, and uh, yeah, cold showers, mm-hmm. you know, got to love your cold showers, just like you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of the mornings. And then the days are just very varied, you know. I. Um, but I like to try and block out at least until 10 a.m. for me. mm And that might look like, um, you know, exercise, reading books, and obviously any kind of morning routine. Um, Yeah, I feel like I like to have the mornings and play, always play the mornings on my terms and always put myself first in the morning. So rather than waking up and being reactive and checking the phone and jumping straight on the computer and answering emails and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I try and just do the things that I enjoy doing first, and then everything else can kind of wait.
1: You know, it's going to be so interesting to, uh, I suppose, when when the lockdown's done and life starts to return to normal. Yeah, which um, I suppose, which new habits we take from this time, like which lessons we take from this huge collective breath that we've all taken. Mm. I hope you, you get the break that you so richly deserve this June out in nature. Oh, I'm you're getting be. it. I'm getting it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's happening. I've got it all sorted out so that life can continue without me being there for a while. Yeah. Um, Get all the systems in place and just need to hit go and then I'm off for a little bit. And, uh, I really hope that people can do that for themselves as well Mm. and understand how important it is to every now and again in your life, not just go on a holiday, but take an extended period of time to really be with yourself for a while. And, that's, you know, the ultimate check-in really.
1: Richie, I just want to say a huge thank you for your time on the show. I know I've learned a lot from our time together just now and yeah, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so so much for joining.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to chat with you today.
1: Hey folks, it's Ryan here. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Richie was just a fantastic guest. And I want to say a big thank you to him and his team for making the time for that to happen. It means a lot to us to have you here in our audience. Thank you so much for the gift of your time. Can I also say a thank you to Nick Nell, the composer of our theme music, and to our show sponsor, Levitate. Levitate is a community for individuals, groups, and companies who want to find calm, clarity, and connection in a world which can often feel chaotic. If you want to find more about what Levitate offer, just head over to their website at www.levitate.london. We've got more amazing guests lined up, so hit the subscribe button if you didn't press it already, and we'll catch you back here soon for another episode of Levitate with Ryan Nell.